Isaiah chapter 58 Cry aloud. Do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their transgression and to the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways, as if they were a nation that did righteousness and did not forsake the judgment of their God. They ask of me righteous judgments. They delight to draw near to God. Why have we fasted and you see it not? Why have we humbled ourselves and you take no knowledge of it? Behold, in the day of your fast, you seek your own pleasure and oppress all your workers. Behold, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to hit with a wicked fist. Fasting like yours this day will not make your voice to be heard on high. Is such the fast that I choose, a day for a person to humble himself? Is it to bow down his head like a reed and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Will you call this a fast and a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the fast that I choose, to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house? When you see the naked, to cover him and not to hide yourself from your own flesh. Then shall your light break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger and speaking wickedness, if you pour yourself out for the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then shall your light rise in the darkness and your gloom be as the noonday. And the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire in scorched places and make your bones strong. And you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail and your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. If you turn back your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, and the holy day of the Lord honorable, if you honor it, not going your own ways, or seeking your own pleasure, or talking idly, then you shall take delight in the Lord, and I will make you ride on the heights of the earth. I will feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This is a phenomenal passage of scripture, Will. It it's, sure is. It's awesome. And it calls to mind uh, in a little inventory technique that I've heard before where you know, someone will ask if God answered, like think, think about the, all that you've prayed about in the last two weeks. If God answered all of your prayers, you just got an immediate yes pass for mm -hmm. all of your prayers over the last two weeks. What would the world look like? And what would your life look like? Like, mm -hmm. would it just be like, yeah. you have a bunch of like, you have like a new job and you know, you're like over a cold and you know, a bunch of like petty blessings or even big like personal blessings and yet the world is still suffering or would it look like a world that is transformed, you know, mm. by your prayer. And yeah. that's always really convicting to me is, is 
is my prayer life very inward focused at all times or am I praying not only for myself but for those around me and and this is similar to the principle that we see here so what are your thoughts on Isaiah 58 and how we got here from 56 and 57 yeah I love that diagnostic tool that's really helpful to think about our prayers what Isaiah is saying here is he's particularly calling out fasting uh, mm-hmm. and there's like the way that I Isaiah uses things like sarcasm, right? Uh, why have we fasted and you see it not? Why have we humbled ourselves and you take no knowledge of it? Right? The people are fasting. They think they're doing the right thing. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's verse three. And the response we get is, behold, in the day of your fast, you seek your own pleasure and oppress all your workers. This is a theme we see lots of times in the prophets that goes back to Isaiah, I mean, 1 Samuel 13, where Saul offers these sacrifices and he's so proud of it, but he had disobeyed the Lord. Mm -hmm. And Samuel says to Saul, the Lord desires obedience and not sacrifices. Now, it doesn't mean that the, the Lord doesn't desire sacrifices, but obedience is so much more crucial to him. And what is a sacrifice apart from obedience? What is a fast apart from justice? Uh, And so these, this calls us all out to the degree that we're doing the pious things, the things that appear righteous, but we're not pairing that with a life that pursues justice and righteousness. Uh, and that that can be very convicting. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think the the note here, verse five is probably the most, uh, or, or sorry, verse six is probably the most uh, mm-hmm. famous part of this passage. It's the, is this not the fast I choose to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps, of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free. Before it in verse five, you know, he he's basically he he's calling out this this attitude of you know piety that you're speaking to, and it, it's it's very much somebody humbling themselves for selfish gain. And here in verse six, we see how outward focused um, mm-hmm. the the fast that the Lord chooses is to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps the the of the yoke and let the oppressed go free and that that's really convicting because it's one thing to live a life that's filled with good spiritual disciplines but it's another thing to live a life that's devoted to breaking down the enemy's strongholds in the world to to yeah. seek justice and equity and you know it it's a very timeless call like whether you're living in the days of Isaiah or now or in the 1700s, you know, it, it's something that we are all called to. So what, do you have any thoughts on sort of what that might practically shape our lives yeah. like? Yeah. I I was looking at verse six, which is, yeah, just a powerful verse in this passage. Uh, is this not the fast that I choose to loose the bonds of wickedness and undo the straps of the yoke? What does that mean today? I think it means being aware of the things that entangle people, that enchain people uh, in poverty and oppression and seeking to undo those straps, to loosen those bonds. 
whatever that might mean. I mean, I'm imagining someone who might uh, contribute to helping out in a local public school to help uh, people read, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, isn't that something that can help undo the straps of injustice in mm-hmm. Atlanta? Uh, or, uh, you know, to take, to reach out to the homeless. But there's one thing, you know, to give someone a meal, uh, but it's another thing to invite that person into your home, uh, right? Yeah. Uh, and so, what does that look like in terms of creating lasting effects that are loosening those straps that entangle people and tie them down in the oppression mm-hmm. that they're experiencing? Yeah, that's, that's a great word. And, you know, generosity, we spoke on it a few weeks ago. Uh, Jason addressed it in a sermon. And it's one of our core like behaviors of the church mm-hmm. that we want to exercise. And it's easy to even compartmentalize and cheapen generosity to like, yeah, I, you know, a part of my income is like directly given to my church every week and it like pays staff people salaries and that's great. And that is like a, a form of obedience that's very important to support the work of the local church. So, you know, praise the Lord for that. And yet, you know, stopping there hmm. is not the the call to generosity that we see here and you know the reason that this is important is because the fruit of isaiah 58 is fellowship with god it's an active relationship with god where we speak to him and he speaks to us and so it's not this like meritless rule that we're given but it's an invitation into fellowship with god and and you know i I think you're right on like it's kind of funny how verse 7 progresses to share your bread with the hungry. Okay, like I can, you know, yep. give granola bars out at like <laughs> the intersections on Piedmont Road. Um, and to bring the homeless poor into your house. Okay, God, like let's yeah, slow like, down. Oh, wait a second. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I just got that new West Elm couch and, uh, you know, it's like let's, uh, let's be reasonable here. But, you know, this is the call. But the promise yeah is verse 11 and the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire in scorched places and make your bones strong. And so, you know, when we're in a place of spiritual dryness and drought and confusion or discouragement, I think Isaiah 58 prevent or presents a pretty clear inventory method, which is, well, what do my prayers, what do my fasts, what do they point to? What yeah. do the rhythms yeah. of my life point to? And if it's just to myself, then, you know, in one sense, it's no wonder that I've gotten to this place. Yeah. And that idea of sharing your bread with the hungry and bringing the homeless poor into your house, and when you see the naked covering him, that resonates very strongly with what Jesus talks about in Matthew 25 with the sheep and the goats, right? For I was hungry Mm -hmm. and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Uh, So, and that language is used to distinguish, you know, who will be with the Lord in his kingdom. Those who do those things, who serve the least of these in his kingdom, yeah. Uh, and so that's a strong, strong encouragement for us to be intentional about this, to, to seek out those opportunities to, uh, as it says in verse 10, to pour yourself out 
for the hungry. Another image that I love later in the passage, verse 12, the repairer of the breach. You shall be called the repairer of the breach. We're just surrounded by breaches uh, (laughs) in our culture right now. What would it Mm. look for us to be repairers of those breaches? Instead of building up that wall another brick or two higher, what if we were to work to break it down and to call people in? Uh, And then verse 13, I think this is also a challenging one. Uh, So it says, from doing pleasure on my holy day and calling the Sabbath a delight. Uh, And Mm. there is this kind of movement of... What it, what is it like where people will take their Sabbaths and it's just have as much pleasure as you can possibly have on your Sabbath? I think there's like a name that's going around for that. Uh, uh, and it's not that you that, shouldn't yes. enjoy your Sabbaths at all, but it, it's not intended to be a time designed for us to just satisfy every desire that we might have. It's intended to be a time, as it says here, a holy day of the Lord where we honor the Lord. And that should be a delight to us, even more delightful than, you know, pancakes and whatever else people have sleeping in. Those are not bad things in themselves, Yeah, (laughs) but that's not really what the Sabbath is about. Mm. Yeah. I love, uh, I think it was in the first episode of this series, uh, we mentioned the Sabbath and you mentioned how it's basically changing the way you are oriented towards the world. Yeah. And I think that that's amazing because, you know, whether you're an investment banker or a farmer, the temptation is to create the world, the ultimate thing. And and that fuels this like hustle culture. And then the other Mm -hmm. side of it is this leisure culture. You know, I I just got back from Denver. Uh, Jen and I, we, we spent like a few days uh, on vacation in Denver and it was really, really fun. And we were just kind of like around the city a lot. And one thing that was really interesting to me, like coming from Atlanta and going to Denver, you know, in Atlanta, it's like everybody's, everybody like wants to look busy. Like even if mm-hmm. you go to like, you know, a, a random coffee shop in the middle of the day, like even if you go and you don't really have anything to do, you like sit there with your laptop and your AirPods on and you're like, you know, just punching it out and, and yeah. wiping the sweat from your brow. And when you go out to Denver, and, and so it's very much that like hustle culture, no yeah. time for the Sabbath. And then when you go to Denver, it's like you're walking around. It's like, does anybody here work? Like everyone just kind of <laughs> seems like a mountain climber. <laughs> like, like people just like go to REI and like buy, you know, like hiking boots for fun. And, uh, and it seems like every day is like this very sort of like self-focused type Sabbath thing. And we're called, you know, to spend our working days, you know, to, to create things for our our society that, that undo the straps of wickedness, that repair the breach, and then to rest in God's goodness and to, you know, it's an extension of that. It's not, it's not just like a water break where we get to fulfill our desires, but it's where we get to reorient our desires mm, to yeah, the things of God. So, yeah. Yeah. That's so good. A good way yeah. to finish this reflection uh, on Isaiah 58. So for Will Carlisle, this is Will Kynes. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. 
I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404 404- 465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for our daily rhythm.